Well, hello, and welcome to episode 79 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. We had originally planned to include this interview with Automatic Racing in our last episode, but since it was such an informative and fun conversation, we decided to warrant it its own show. So, without further ado, let's get to our interview with Lauren and Tom of Automatic Racing. Just by way of intro, Matt, you and I sat down with uh, Thomas and uh, Lauren today in Uptown New Orleans, mm-hmm. and uh, Bodie, you actually were able to join in for the end of our interview, but we had a nice talk. It was actually the first time that the three of us had met face-to-face with either of them. Yep. Um, we announced some big news for the Yeah, You Ride podcast vis-a-vis automatic racing, which we'll, uh, you'll hear in this interview. We talked with uh, Lauren and Thomas about uh, how the team came to be, what their sort of mission is, um, what they're looking to get out of the season, uh, what they need from uh, people to sort of help them on their journey through the season. Yeah. And um, so uh, we started off uh, just chatting and and making those introductions. Matt, I don't know. Do you want to go ahead and flip over to that audio? Let's roll the tape. Well, hey guys, we're actually uh, sitting in a uh, living room with Lauren and Tom from Automatic Racing. What up? Hello. Uh, well, welcome to New Orleans, guys. <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having us in uh, <laughs> Tom's brother's house. <laughs> so uh, you guys are on your way back from the USA Crits uh, race one, El Paso Sun City Criterium. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, Tom, we've had you on the podcast, what, two, three times now? Uh, yeah, a few times. Yep. Uh, but Lauren, this is the first time we're uh, actually talking to you and not just hearing you laughing at Tom in the background. <laughs> yes. So I, so I thought we'd, we'd possibly open it up. Can you, um, you know, tell us a little bit about, uh, about yourself? Uh, where, where are you from originally? Sure. Um, so, obviously, Lauren... Um, I'm from Bakersfield, California, but my family's moved around a lot. So I wound up going to college at UGA, which is where Tom and I met in Athens, Georgia. Um, I've been riding with Tom for maybe three or four years. And before that, I did not exercise. So this is all pretty new to me. Wow. Um, I like ran sometimes and mostly only to burn off like four bags of chips from the last night. So this has all been like a huge growing process for me and it's. Yeah, it's I don't know. A, it's a crash course. It's a crash course in, in, in crashing hard. Um, <laughs> no, but so now we both live in Miami together. Yeah. And yeah, we were operating automatic racing. Wow. So, okay. So you're to go back to this like four years ago, you just what started showing up at, uh, at races for the first time or, or just started riding for the first time? Uh, both. Yeah. Um, I mean, I learned to ride a bike when I was five, but in terms of hopping on a true road bike, it was four years ago. Um, Athens, Georgia has one of the best criterions in the country, as you guys know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I went down there maybe three of my four years in college just to watch. And my senior year, I decided to start actually racing. So I raced with the UGA collegiate team, rode, I think my first bike ride was to a yarn store in Watkinsville. 
and it took it was 19 miles and it took me two hours <laughs> um yeah so it was it was not it was not a very quick first year but i think once i started hooking up uh like with tom's coaching things started going a lot more smoothly yeah so i was just gonna ask tom uh you've been you're a coach automatic endurance is your is your your business right so Lauren, you're you're uh, you're saying this is a true testimonial here. You're saying, honestly and truly, you went from from zero to now D1 women's crit hero oh, uh, wow. with the help of <laughs> Thomas Gibbons and automatic endurance. Yeah, it's um it's it's really fun. It's also a lot of pressure because I'm one of his first like sort of ground up um, racers. I think I have a huge advantage living with him, and he would maybe argue. Um, he's at a huge disadvantage oh, living super, with super me. <laughs> oh man! But I get a coach like twenty four seven. All of my rides are pretty much chaperoned, um, and I get to just break down rides and break down trainings and races just nonstop. So I don't know that with your regular coach you would maybe have this experience, but it's those three years have come have put me in like way. I don't know to a higher level than I would have ever expected. And it's definitely not stressful dating your client. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I get. I'm I'm also his worst client. <laughs> Best client, worst client. Yeah. I mean, I guess that that kind of brings us to you mentioned uh, about crash course. So you guys drove this weekend. Um, we'd mentioned on the last podcast. You know, you guys had an amazing like debut for the team with uh, you know the the race, the preseason race in uh, in Birmingham, the Birmingham. Hammerfest. Why didn't they just call it the Birmingham Hammerfest? Missed know. opportunity. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so you, that you guys had a great race with that. Your teammate uh, won the men's race in that, and you guys were third in the third overall in the team competition. And then this weekend, it's just the two of you that went from Miami to Austin. El Paso. For we sorry, Austin. We Austin. <laughs> sorry, Miami to Austin to El Paso. Wait, you stopped it for lunch there in Austin? Uh, we actually stopped at a roadside barbecue place, but when uh, I was posting it on Instagram, all of the tags were super lame because we were in the middle of nowhere, but gotcha. one of them was Austin County, and I was like, I, I guess I have to pick this, otherwise it'll be like nowhere. Yeah, yeah but we were pretty far south of Austin. Yeah. So, I mean, this is um, so this whole USA Crits thing, is it a new thing this year that they're doing this, um, this sort of uh, – D1 team setup. It seems like they've taken it to another level this year. Yeah. They definitely have. Uh, last year was their first year doing like official D1 teams. There's always been teams involved in USA Crits, obviously, but um, they're trying very hard to make it a team atmosphere and something where fans can keep coming back to and have favorite racers, favorite teams, people to follow. Um, so this year they've stepped it up a ton in terms of how to market these teams and really help us get our faces out there. Yeah, so uh, I did my part, guys, just so you know. I went on, and uh, people that are listening, we've encouraged you to do this and, and hope that you do. Go on and register for the uh, season package through usacrits.tv. That's the broadcast component of USA Crits. And when you do that, you can select a team to support from the drop-down menu, and Automatic Racing is one of those teams. They're, what, 15, 16? teams maybe more than that even i think there are 19 okay and it looks like 20 because we take up a woman's and a men's spot ah okay because <laughs> we're co-ed and progressive 
So are you all the only co-ed team? We are, yes. Okay. Um, I don't even think that there's a men's team with a women's affiliate this year um, in USA Crits. Well, there's Butcher Box, but their women's team isn't a D1 team. Exactly. So, Yeah, so we're the only official D, um, co-ed D1 team. So why don't you guys kind of talk us through your races? Uh, the women's race was, was first. Lauren, you were in that field. We saw you for a bit. Um, talk about your race and how that went for you. Yeah, so... Um, it was a fast race. It was super windy. Overall, I think the course was wonderful. Huge sweeping turns. You were able to pick up a lot of speed. Um, so it was overall a very fast race. Uh, I forget when exactly it happened, but I was involved in a crash. This girl went down in front of me, and I tried not to run over her, but I did. Um, I think I just hit her bike, and I wish I could see the replay because in my mind, I hit her bike, then somehow the bike, my bike comes out from under me. I almost like walked off of the bike, but then my cleat hit the floor and I slipped. So then I fell down. Interesting. <laughs> so oh. you you sort of you sort of leapfrogged over your front handlebars and tried to land on the ground and then yeah, lost I don't it know. with a cleat slip. Yes. I don't know what happened. I probably would have been better off coming to a nearly stop and falling down. Um, this kind of resulted in a whole bunch of weird pulls and angles, but got back up, bike was fine, I was fine. So you took a you took a you took a lap. I took a free lap, yeah. Um, so I'm asthmatic, which this is important for later. Okay. Um, I'm asthmatic, so I get back on the bike, and the adrenaline tends to like anytime I cry or I worry, my lungs get way tighter than it needs to be. So my airways just did not recover after that. I wish they had, because it was a fun race. I would have liked to finish, but I spent maybe the next 15 minutes trying to get my breathing under control and just did not. Well, you know, that's interesting, and I don't want to digress, but mm -hmm. we've spent a lot of time on the podcast. We're big cyclocross fans, and, you know, Katie Compton suffers from, from asthma, and she has these sort of out-of-nowhere occasionally in races, it seems, you know, she gets sort of struck with that. And I've always wondered the mechanism of, of how that happens, and you're saying it just can, can just happen as your adrenaline gets too high, too fast. and That's my experience, especially any time I can start to feel myself getting a little bit worked up or nervous you can truly feel just like less air entering your body. Right. So um, I, I'm assuming that's what happened because things were going smoothly and then they just were not. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My scones are ready. One second. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> we, 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 we laugh and, and Lauren's now stepping away. We've got, uh, we've got homemade scones uh, in the oven. They smell delicious. Thomas, is this sort of a regular feature of your nutrition plan here? Uh no. I mean, it does happen frequently, but sporadically. I No, this doesn't happen every day, but this is not the first time it's happened either. Where, like, we wake up and we're not feeling super, and then suddenly she's just baking something. And I'm like, how are you alive right now, let alone going to Whole Foods, buying a bunch of ingredients, and making scones? Because I feel like I got hit by a bus. Well, while Lauren's getting the, getting the scones out, uh, so, Tom, you're... Your race, um, obviously, a lot of teams showed up that weren't in Birmingham. Uh, there was, or they showed up in on mass. Whereas I think in Birmingham, Evolo might have had just like one guy there. The uh, the story I heard from the race commentators were that the uh, the the airline groundings and and bad weather had kept a lot of the. Uh, bigger teams away from Birmingham and so uh, uh, or you know they were racing with more of a skeleton team in Birmingham 
but uh, definitely a lot more of the of the big hitters seem like in El Paso. Was that? Uh, did you find that the race was different for that reason, or? Um. No, I mean it was a really hard race, but I think it was a hard race because of the nature of the course, um, because the turns were so flowy, and there was a slight rise on one side and a slight fall on the other side. It was super windy and cold. Um, it kind of went full gas and just never let up. So it was harder for that reason, but I don't think it was the cast of characters that made it harder. I mean, Justin Williams was there, so obviously that's a big hitter, but I mean, he's stealth. He's hiding in the bunch. He's not contributing to, you know, making people suffer. It's not his job. So I don't think because of who was there, it was a harder race. I think it was just the nature of the day. So, um, there was a, a two man break that went away kind of fairly early. Right. And then they got joined by another two guys later on. So it was that, that four men off the front, um, that managed to hold it all the way to the end. Uh, but they all had people back in the bunch, right? Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, Kevin Miller, v one, Kevin or Connor, Kevin, I think it's Kevin, Kevin. Yep. Yeah. So, Cliff Bar wins. Uh, they had guys in the bunch. They were doing a good job of blocking. Uh, they had Avolo in the break. They had a couple guys back who were blocking. And then forget who the other two were. But yeah, I mean they had a they had guys behind. But also there were four teams with a a full cast of riders who just uh, went limp and didn't really contribute to a chase. So it was strange for that break that wasn't fully represented to stay away on that fast of a course. So it was a little confusing. Yeah. There was a butcher box for sure had nobody in the break mm-hmm. and didn't really ever seem to want to work too hard to, to pull it back. It, it, it really seemed with, you know, 30 laps to go that, Somebody needed to, to make a move. In fact, we were kind of chatting on Facebook about it. And, and a couple of times, you know, Bodie sent messages to, to me and Matt saying, well, somebody needs to shut this down or this break's going to stay away. And it looked like you kind of came to the front a few times and tried to put in a few big digs. But, you know, but then I, then, then I would, would look and then you'd just sort of sit up and look over your shoulder like, okay, you know, nobody's, yeah. nobody's coming to help. I mean, so was there, any, was there any talk about that back there? I mean, you guys talking about that or how's it going? Yeah, I tried to talk with Butcher Box a little bit about it and just got blown off. Um, they were individually doing a good job of going to the front, raising the pace, maybe taking a second or two off, but they weren't doing a good job of organizing. And I say Butcher Box, but there was, was Butcher Box, it was Texas Roadhouse, mm-hmm. it was Palmetto Medical, it was all of these teams who had people there that um seemed to not really grasp how to chase back a break and the the pace is really fast so it's hard to get to the front and they needed somebody to go to the front and actually slow it down and you know give away five or ten seconds but give their teammates a chance to get up there and get organized and get five people to the front instead of one or two because one guy buries himself and then he swings off and then you got cliff bar right there who just sits up and does nothing and what you were referring to, what I was doing, going super hard and then letting up. I'm an individual. It's not my job to bring right. back the break, and nor am I capable of bringing back 30 seconds on my own. So what I was doing was hitting the slow section of the course. It was a headwind uphill. That's where you're going to be able to take the most time. 
and just hitting it super, super hard for half a lap and trying to whack out eight seconds or something and then hoping that stirs the pot for counterattacks, yeah. a reaction, and then things crumble down. And it never really happened that way um, because, unfortunately, the people to follow were affiliates of people in the break, um, and that happens sometimes. But what I was trying to do was just get the thing to implode on itself as less than actually chasing it down. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's, it, um, we kind of saw some parallels of some of that going on uh, yesterday. And uh, now I'm gonna, you're going to get me with my pronunciations here. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to need you to correct us here in mm. Gent Vevelgem. Gent Vevelgem. Yeah. yeah. You just go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, where, I mean, you know, Yumbo were basically would just basically park park the bus because they've got a guy in the front and the roads mm -hmm. are narrow enough there that you can really kind of block people from getting away and stuff. Yeah. But um, so the rate so the break the break stayed away. Um, but uh, but you managed to nab second in the bunch sprint behind uh, behind Justin Williams. Yeah, there was a it was a missed opportunity. Um, I took some heavy contact in turn three from uh, Parker Kaiser, which is normal. Like, uh, I'm actually pretty happy with how I defended turn three, but mm -hmm. as a result of that, I lost a little bit of momentum. So exiting turn three, I got pushed a little wide, and uh, you know you lose a meter or two, and right then Justin kicked off because he likes to do like long sprints. Uh, so he kicks off right on the exit of that turn. So now I have to close to his wheel and then try to come around. And I had an opportunity in turn four, um, but at that point we're pretty deep in the sprint, uh, both have a lot of fatigue. And I could have come up inside underneath and pushed him out wide, but I ran the risk of, since we're so deep in the sprint, if I don't get all the way around, he can shut the door on me. Mm -hmm. And then if I have to hit the brakes, then I'm losing places out of the turn. Um, in retrospect, I should have just gone for it because you know, potentially you win the bunch sprint, um, and you, that gives you a lot of confidence going forward. And what's the difference between sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth? I don't know. So it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, I think. You mentioned uh, Justin Williams sprinting from a long way out, but it did sort of seem on that course that the sprint really did wind up before that final corner just because of the way the course laid out, right? Yeah, if you weren't first out of that turn, you weren't coming around. Yeah. Because not only was it super short to the line – but because everybody knew that, it had been going hard from, yeah, basically out of turn three. So you had no gas left. There was no hiding. It was an uphill drag. It was a headwind. And so if you didn't hit that turn first, forget about it. So if I'm not mistaken, you were second in the bunch sprint in the in the preseason race in Birmingham too. Am I right? Or were you? Yeah, that I, was. This is not a, this is not a dig. I've never finished second in a bunch sprint in my life. So you know, I'm looking I'm looking up at you as I, as I say that and putting you on a putting you on a pedestal. To me, that's a solid result yeah. to finish second in the bunch sprint, and and especially given the fact that your teammate won the first race. I mean, yeah. that's obviously the biggest part of that. Yeah, so uh, second in the bunch sprint, both races, but they were they unfolded very differently, and how I view them is extremely different. Um, so what what I like to do, and this is a process that Lauren and I have developed over the past couple of years, is uh, we ask ourselves, what would you do differently? And I think that's a really important question to ask because people normally ask, well, what happened? Mm -hmm. And if you ask somebody what happened, 
then they give you excuses and they explain all of the ways that the race happened to them. Right. But the race isn't happening to you. You're making the race happen. You make a million different decisions over the course of the race. And in the last lap, you make a million more decisions. And your result is a product of those decisions. Right. And if you say, well, what happened? You can go, oh, well, Parker gave me heavy contact in turn three. And that pushed me wide. And because of him, I lost. But instead, if you ask, well, what happened? Or what would you do differently, rather? Sorry. Um, you say, well, okay, I should have shut the door on him. I should have come harder inside. On Justin Williams. No, this is out of turn three. Oh, okay, early. So I should have felt that coming. Um, shut that down. I get a clean run through the turn. I get a freer ride up to turn four, and then I can have a little bit of energy to come underneath and turn, come underneath and turn four. Um, so really, but, look, looking at it from the, um, rather, yeah, for rather from a from the negative point of view of this went wrong this went wrong this went wrong that's why i didn't win this race to this is a learning experience for me these are the things that i you know these are room this was the room for improvement places where i could have made difference it it just comes down to making you identify and own your mistakes yeah and saying this didn't happen to me this happened because i chose to do this and next time i'm not going to choose to do that and then, and then going a step farther and saying, how would you change it? Versus going, okay, well, um, what I needed to dif- do differently was cut in inside on that turn. Yeah. Now you have to take it a step farther to plan out, okay, going into that corner, how are you going to cut in? How are you going to plan for a potential shutoff? Yeah. Switching gears a little bit, guys. Um, let's talk about the fact that uh, you guys are still racing in that uh, all black and white cutters <laughs> automatic kit. Which, by the way, is super distinctive and, and, and panache in its own right. But I know you guys uh, didn't plan on that. Uh, you've got some kits coming. Is that, is that right? Yes. So do you want to take this? Sure. Um, so we're really happy. We have signed with Pactimo for two years, um, which means, number one, uh, we have kits coming, and they're going to be nice kits. Uh, and number two, that gives Tom and I, number one, a little bit. We're doing so many lists. Um, <laughs> it gives Tom and I a little bit of motivation to continue on to next year, but it also gives us security. That's one more thing that we don't have to worry about going into the 2020 season. Um, I don't know. We're, we're really excited about that. Well, let's talk about the, the names and the logos that you might be putting on that jersey other than automatic. You guys are actively seeking sponsorship right now, and I want to give you a chance to, to sort of throw that out to our Small, but uh, involved a pool of listeners that might be interested in hearing about that. Yeah, well, first, thank you for listening, and thank you so much for signing up for our with our reference code for USA Crits TV. We do get a small portion of that sign-up anytime someone uh, goes on to watch. So that's, that's huge, and then we get to see who's actually following us, which means a lot to Tom and I. Um, as a small startup and as a startup since January, we are scrambling for sponsors to say the least um we've had a few people step in to help us out super generously we've got uh viking yachts uh through a connection that we have from tom's racing up in jersey uh we also have obviously pactimo as well as is it abyss 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 helmets we've been mm-hmm. struggling with that pronunciation so if anyone the german right yeah if anyone knows that pronunciation, that would be amazing. Abus, Abus, I don't know. So I, I Googled the pronunciation and it gave me pronunciations for different countries and mm. they were all different. But yeah. It says the German one is Abus. 
Albus. Albus. Yeah, I think Movistar uh, yes. sponsored by the yeah. helmets. So yeah. this is a super exciting company for people who are racing in the United States. Um, in t- one week, they will be launching in America for the very first time. So this is the first time an American market can buy an Abus helmet. Um, so we're one of the few crit teams who gets to wear these helmets and show them off. They're incredibly good looking. They have very cool like metallic and opalescent looks uh, mm. to some of their helmets, especially their aero helmets. So you have to wear a helmet. It's safer to wear a helmet. So why not wear a good looking helmet? So we're pretty excited that this is going to like sit on our dome. And we've been really fortunate in that um, since we started the team and like we're in control of its destiny, we're going out, we're going after the sponsors um, and we get to pick we like these companies and we're going to go after them and most of the time we get shut down <laughs> but when they actually respond and they say yeah let's do it it's really exciting because it's like that's awesome because this is what we wanted we picked this helmet right. because it looks good we picked this helmet because of their company's mission of getting more helmets on kids heads and that lines up with our charity's mission as well so yeah it was just like, it was a really good fit and to hear back from them when we wanted them is just like it's it gives incredible. you such a boost yeah, and lucky timing. Like, I didn't realize they weren't sold in America. And he goes, oh, well, we're about to start. I'm like, oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if the uh, if the Yeah, You Ride podcast lines up with, with automatic racing's values or not, or if uh, <laughs> how, how that might work. But but I'd like to uh, announce uh, on the air here that uh, that I'm going to, uh, or that the, the Yeah, You Ride podcast is going to send you guys on your way back to Miami with a, with a $500 check. <laughs> for uh, sponsorship by the uh, by the yeah you ride podcast that's so awesome. thank, thank you, you that's so much. super and, awesome and, and uh and depending on uh depending on how our fiscal year uh pans <laughs> out there may even there may even be a, a second check uh down the road so uh we are super happy to uh get on board with uh with sponsoring you guys and uh uh and 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 Really appreciate you guys being here to, to chat with us about things. Thank and you. We, we really appreciate it. Every time um, we take on a new sponsor or we take on a, there's a new donor, it means so much to us because, I mean, we started from nothing mm-hmm. two months ago. Mm-hmm. And we had we had these grand plans for a team, but like you realize, okay, that's not going to happen this year. And we're coming out of pocket for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And so anytime somebody helps us, it just... I mean, it means so much to have support. Quick plug. um, Automatic Endurance uh, is comprised of both cycling coaching as well as nutrition. And so we are currently our own sponsors in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So if you all are looking for a coach or a dietitian, (laughs) we have two. So um, yeah, those... We're up to five official sponsors, and we we need help. We're about to start, or we're about to get clearance for a charity that we're running. So we'll be able to actually take personal donations, um, so that people can have tax write-offs as sort of an incentive for helping helping out this mission. That's great. The other thing you mentioned about the charity um, regarding is there another charity involved that, that each team picks a charity? Is that part of the thing? Or no? no? So um, I think this comes from just my background in school, uh, more and more companies are going to mission driven, mm-hmm. um, statements as well as mission driven activities. And so I feel like cycling really should, especially cycling teams need to be run a little bit more like a business. Um, so our team is mission driven. It's positivity, inclusivity, and promoting sustainable, healthy habits, especially in young Americans. Um, through that we are racing our bikes, um, just to get more exposure for this brand. Um, But then the charity itself is Automatic Lids for Kids. And 
we all of our racers are ambassadors for this charity. Uh, every time we show up at races, there are usually kids races involved. Mm-hmm. So we go out, we encourage the kids, we cheer them on, obviously wearing our helmets the entire time. Um, we have handouts to give to parents to educate about helmet safety. Um, 600 children go to the emergency room every year because, or excuse me, every day in America because of bike related accidents. Wow. And 11% of those to so like upwards of 60 children, it's, they suffer from a brain injury because of this or a head injury. Mm-hmm. So just putting a helmet on your kid can really, really reduce the severity of these trips to the hospital because biking can be such a fun and rewarding and healthy sport, but it can also, it can also be dangerous if you don't respect it. So we're just trying to, to educate more people about that. Awesome. Well, Lauren, when you came back to the table just a minute ago, you came back with some <laughs> steaming scones, uh, and it looks like you've got one of those for each of us. So I I, I'm thinking maybe that we take this opportunity to, to pass those around and maybe, uh, maybe nibble on these while they're still hot, and then we'll come back very quickly uh, after we finish these scones with some thoughts about uh, the, the uh, Ronde in uh, Flanders this yeah. weekend. Do you guys Sound want good? butter? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Just I'd love delicious. some butter. All right. Spoiler alert, Oliver's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we I guess it's not call. a spoiler. We can nibble on these scones while we say, Thomas, uh, we know that you're friends with uh, Oliver Nason. He's had a great season so far. He's on my fantasy team. Uh, I have to say he's earned me some good points. He's had a couple strong finishes in some of the, in some of the uh, early classics. Is he your, pick for, he your pick for Flanders on Sunday? Absolutely. I'm going for that guy hard. Um, we were teammates in 2014, mm. and that was I raced against him in 2013, and I was like, "Oh, this guy, like, I thought I was better than him." <laughs> <laughs> and then I raced on a team with him in 2014, and I was like, oh, "I'm not better than him," <laughs> and he just kept getting better and better and better. And uh, a couple years ago, when he signed with uh, I am, uh, I was like, "This guy, you know, he's really good. He might." He's probably going to win a classic someday. Like, he's that good. And then this year, I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to win a lot of classics. <laughs> uh, and it's really exciting to see that sort of progression. And it's baffling to know somebody like that. Because living in Belgium, I got to interact with these people who, like, you know, you get to race with Greg Van Avermaet, Philippe Chalbert, blah, 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 blah. But you don't know them. And to actually know somebody that is getting up there in the sprint and on the podium in San Remo and on the podium in Gent-Wevelgum, you're just like, that's like a normal guy, and he's like a really nice guy, and it it's and yeah. he responds to your texts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I oh I fanboy him pretty hard, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it couldn't happen to a, a nicer guy. He always made me feel super welcome when I always felt out of place, and it's just like I'm really happy for him, and he's gonna win Flanders. Well, and his story's kind of unusual, right? I mean, he was like delivering driving a delivery van until not that long ago is (laughs) that right yeah he didn't have the traditional route of just like junior superstardom and then u23 superstardom and following the system up like he rode for a a good club team and then got on uh civil continental and just sort of progressed from there and sort of took the long way around um and yet it has been all up for him the past six years seven years Yeah. yeah it was kind of interesting seeing him uh like the um, backstage before the podium, the chat, and like uh, I think it was Christoph said to him, "Oh, so you're a sprinter now?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's always been a quick guy, but yeah, to get up there behind Christoph and Degenkolb, it's like, whoa, that is that is some class right there. Yeah, that's very cool. 
Yeah, well, I think I mean we've all been uh, really enjoying watching him him race, especially this this spring. I mean, he was incredible in Paris Nice, um, and then yeah, in Milan San Remo and Genvelgen. Well, Thomas, unfortunately, Matt does not share your your uh, your your podium pick. Matt has an all cyclocross world champions or former cyclocross world champions podium picked uh, for Flanders. Wout Van Aert, Matthew Vanderpoel, and Stenik Stebar is your is your podium pick. Is that right, Matt? I would also buy that. Yeah, but not in that order. I'm <laughs> gonna order. MVDP is gonna yeah. win it. That's my that's my You're that's wrong. my pick. <laughs> I probably am. <laughs> I usually am. <laughs> um, but t- so that's we're talking about our fantasy teams there. But um, can you guys tell us a little bit about the rest of your team? Yeah, absolutely. So as we stated before, we are a co-ed team. Um, we have three women. Myself, this uh, woman. Oh, sorry. We have a visitor. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Here's the uh, here's our other partner in crime uh, knocking on the door. Hello. Hey, Thomas how's it going? Bodie. Nice to meet you. Hey, Bodie. Lauren. Nice to Great meet you. Great to meet you. We have guys. Do you hey, mind if I live? This is a <laughs> Hey, Bodie. Good afternoon. Morning. This is very funny meeting all of you face to face because, yeah, you you just look different than I. Do <laughs> I look different you, you, than I sound? We look more dynamic and yeah. handsome. And well, obviously, yeah. obviously more Thank handsome. You. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever stalked us on Facebook to figure out like. What like? No, that well, Matt doesn't post pictures of himself. He only posts pictures of cars, right? Of myself, yeah, so like we said, uh, we are a co-ed team. We have three women, myself, Valentina Chawson, and um, Harper Martinez. Then on the men's side, we have Tom Gibbons, Chad Conley, Tom Salveson, and Anthony Yakis. Um, Yakis, Martinez, and Chawson are all based out of Miami with us. Tommy Salveson is based in Philly, and then Chad Conley, as you all know, is Atlanta. So pretty East Coast based, um, which makes my job of coordinating travel way easier. <laughs> so yeah, that that team came together uh, just sort of bit by bit. Uh, I know that, that, that Tom, you'd been racing with at least one of those guys in 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 past seasons. Um, tell us just a little bit about how you put the put the team together. Uh, so because of the late start, it was it was hard to find um, riders because everybody's either already signed up with the team or the people who aren't signed up um, just want to do their own thing. You know, they want to low stress, travel, race for themselves, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so the team is comprised mostly of friends. Uh, <laughs> Tommy is my best friend since forever. I mean, I've known him since I was, I was four years old. Uh, and it's always been a, a goal of mine to race with him because he's super strong, super selfless. And just, I was like, man, we need to race together. I need help. Um, and so I finally talked him into it. Uh, and I raced with Brick before, and he's just no nonsense, low stress. This is Brick Danger Blade? Brick Danger Blade, Chad okay. Conley. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> does, does he go by Brick? Yeah, he, go, he does go by Brick in real life. That yeah, so I call awesome. him Brick. Yeah. Because yeah. I really have been like a Brick. He is too. a Brick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I just reached out to him because, again, super good guy for the atmosphere of the team. He's fun to travel with. So Oh, strong. He's a truck. Um, and he's, I was like, hey, do you want to join this team? And he's like, I don't know, man. I'll think about it. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> yeah, he did. No, Chad goes, I'm out. And I feel like this is a decision best made sober. Can I please talk to you in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> like, absolutely, Brick. 
Smart man. Okay, yeah, that's how it happened. So yeah, real quick, I mean, you, you you said the guy's strong. You were there in Birmingham. I gotta say, from watching his ride on TV, it just looked like a monster ride. I mean, the 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 way you sent him up the road and he bridged up to the break and then he kind of got you know broken off of again from from you know from that break when it split again toward the end of the race and then he just you know looked like he just decided okay well i better go ahead and get up there now if none of these guys are going to pull me up there i better just go on up there on my own and then just kept riding hard and essentially <laughs> out sprinted everybody from his from his uh, you know move up to the break it looked amazing yeah so first of all thank you for giving me credit for that i sent him up there <laughs> <laughs> I, I did send him up the road, but I sent him up the road because I was super tired and couldn't respond to that moment. Um, but yeah, he is the definition of get off the tracks when the train's coming through. Like he gets a full head of steam and he just goes. He's got so much power and so much momentum behind him. Um, hold on a sec. <laughs> so much power and so much momentum behind him that yeah, he just doesn't slow down. And he, he comes from the track. Um, so he's got good leg speed, good speed endurance and yeah, I mean, he hit it out of turn three, got a little bit of gap, a little bit of a gap, uh, eased off the gas a little through turn four. This is his report to me. And then just hit it again. And that, yeah, I mean, the guy, Spencer, who was trying to come around him, didn't stand a chance. He almost got there, but no. So are, are you guys going to have some races? I mean, obviously it was two of you guys in Birmingham and then just you in the men's race in... Three in Birmingham. Oh, in excuse the me, three race. in Birmingham. Uh, and then just you in, in El Paso, are you guys going to have a, a full complement of four riders coming up sometime soon? Yes. So uh, when we go to Sunny King, it'll be easy to get Brick out there. We're trying to get Tommy down there. So hopefully we'll have three, possibly four at Sunny King. Uh, and then when we go to Speed Week, we're going to have Brick. We're going to have Tommy. Uh, hopefully we'll have Anthony. And we're also bringing on uh, Willem Kaiser as a guest. So yeah, we're going to have a full slate of riders there. And I'm really looking forward to actually having like a proper team. Mm -hmm. That'll be good. And Lauren, for the, for the uh, women's squad, are you going to have uh, you going to have some support in Birmingham? Um, oh, sorry, not not Birmingham. It's uh, Sunny Aniston. 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 Sorry, yes. Unfortunately, no. Um, this is fairly typical of women's cycling because there's not a whole lot of cyclists, and there's also not a lot of money in it. So you find professionals and you try to talk them into giving all of their free time to you, and. Um, I'm going to get Harper and Valentina for a couple races, but unfortunately mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to mobilize the women as well as we've mobilized the men. But hopefully for 2020, when we have a head start in grabbing some great talent, that'll be different. Hmm. Maybe they need a guest rider. Maybe we and know funds. some women they could, that could jump in with them. We certainly do know. I think we know one or two, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. We'll yeah. Work on that behind the scenes. We would be super open to talking to potential guests. Yeah, if okay. you're a lady out there, uh, cat one or two, and you're positive, and you like racing bikes, then I would absolutely love to talk to you. Yeah, and we can't stress that enough. Attitude matters. There's a lot of really good bike racers out there. We need somebody who's positive, somebody who's going to smile, somebody who's not going to complain, somebody who's not going <laughs> to put down race organizers. We want you to be positive for for our charity, for our brand, um, and just be a good person. We like good people. Yeah, I think I think cycling can get very, very negative because it's a hard sport, and yeah. there's a lot of things that don't go your way most of the time. Um, and rebounding is super critical. Um, El Paso did not go our way, but you got to stay strong. You got to continue to talk to people because the the people out there watching you are why you are watching. Without their support, you wouldn't be there. So it's great to just show appreciation constantly. Yeah. 
what, but one big one, I guess, good thing, which is still relatively unusual, is the payouts are actually equal, right, for the for the men's and women's fields in the in the D one series. Yeah, uh, USA Crits has been phenomenal about that, and they've been doing it for at least three years. Um, Swagger, as well as just their affiliates, try very hard to make equal prize money. The other thing that they are working really hard to do is equal time. And I think that this is just the next level of sort of showing equality in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you make a woman's race five minutes shorter, it's it's a huge blow. You didn't, you, what's the difference of five minutes? But that's purely just because um, they're going to save some time and they want to do a bigger production for the men. But maybe we just elongate the whole activity five minutes and sort of make the racing look uh, equal from all angles. I know it means a lot to me and I think it means a lot to other women too. It means a lot to me. Thanks. Sorry, it means a lot to me. <laughs> Do you know, for instance, there are any events in the USA Crit Series? I mean, I, 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 again, I harken back to cyclocross. We had, uh, don't remember which of the races it was, but uh, one of them uh, featured the women's race. The women's race was the, was the featured race, yes. the final race of the day. Are there any of the USA Crit Series that are doing the women's race as the featured race? You, you both have your hand up to answer this, <laughs> this one. This is an exciting we, question. I'm glad yes, I asked it. We talk about this a lot. Like nonstop. We're like, how cool it would be to swap things up? Um, it, so, no, I haven't heard of that. That's fantastic. Um, USA Crits has not done that. However, there are 10 races, and I don't know why we couldn't do five and five, where the women's is the premier race. Um, and not that one of, not that premier has to mean one is better than the other, but more often than not, they go, all right, you guys like that one. We'll just get ready. This one's way better. And you're like, what? Yeah, that's <laughs> well, pretty insulting. I did my best. Which is, often, which is often not the case. It's often the case that the women's race is just as exciting or even more yeah. exciting than the men's race, and right? So Absolutely. And so often you get viewers who don't know the sport. And so if you see people going that fast, whether or not it's two or three miles an hour faster or slower, they don't see the difference. It's all fast. It's a huge group. Um, with this D1 kind of strategy, the women's field is pretty much matching the men's field right now. So you're not even lacking in numbers. Um, yeah, so why not? Plus, I don't like waiting around in my kit for an hour so I can eventually hop on. Well, I haven't been on a podium. I'm like imagining I have this problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I got to imagine people soon. like. <laughs> soon. I got to imagine like people like Tina Pick and stuff. They stood around El Paso freezing their rear ends off and Hoggins Berman for like two hours before they got to hop on the podium. And I think half the time, if we don't have to do that, that would be pretty cool. And I got super excited about this question because, yeah, we do talk about it a lot. And a couple of things. First of all, I I hate, hate racing at night. It is the shadows. and Interesting. It makes okay. everything move around. I just I don't like it. I deal with it because I have to. But if I could not race at night ever again, I would be super cool with that. That's point one. Oh, there's someone in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> point one. Point two, just, I mean, we're all amateurs mostly actually except for some of the women's teams are pro pros um and so just switch it up who cares uh equality is cool what is going on back there Super well distracted uh, uh, while lauren is back dealing with the people in your backyard um i guess it's safe to say that the uh that the five of us at this table usa crits we all har- wholeheartedly endorse the idea of featuring the women's yeah. race so if you're listening uh let's make it happen yeah additionally um while I'm out racing, Lauren gets to like have a beer and enjoy it 
But when I'm watching her race, I'm just like a ball of stress, just yeah. like pacing mm. back and forth. Where is she? Well, I didn't see her that lap. Did she crash? And like this time she did crash. It was super bummer. Like I want to race first and then be able to enjoy her race and like have a beer and kick back. And yeah. So that, please, USA Crits, swap it up. And I want to race in the daylight and I don't. I want to watch my girlfriend race. Um, yeah, we, we actually saw you on the sidelines. Um, it was funny because you were in jeans and your automatic rugby shirt what would it would it did you guys discuss That's, these yet that was 750 at jc penny i mean but like what it's like a it's, it's like a crew neck almost yeah sweatshirt. okay it's like a yachting yachting shirt or some some sort some sort yeah um you guys are from miami but we saw you in your jeans and your helmet and your automatic jersey sort of you know watching from the sidelines um and it, you know it was cool at trek cup when they did flip the schedule you did see the men uh, the Euros sit around and watch the women's race, and they were on the sideline cheering on the women, and that and they said that was pretty cool. So yeah, we even saw them like uh, actually like out out far out on the course, right? Like yeah. actually like cheering on cheering on the women, uh, and that was pretty cool to see, definitely. Yeah, and uh, you know nobody suffered from swapping the order around in any way. It was it was a great event, no matter what. Well, um, the one thing I wanted to um, I know before we leave is. Okay, people can go to US, usacrits.tv and um, choose you as their uh, kind of nominated team. And they can also catch you guys on the social medias, on the, on the U-faces and the intertubes. <laughs> so, um, I don't think they're on the intertubes. <laughs> can you, can you, uh, can you uh, give us where, where people can catch you on social media? Yeah, so we've made it pretty easy. It's all automatic, automatic underscore. And you can check out the racing team at racing. From there, you can find our own personal accounts. We've got all of our different team members hooked up through there. Uh, I just want to clarify. It's automatic racing, automatic endurance, automatic nutrition. Yeah. So like Tom said, it's automatic racing as the racing team. Tom and I, our personal accounts or our business accounts are automatic underscore endurance and then automatic underscore nutrition. Okay. And that's <laughs> on uh, Instagram. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, we uh, we should do more, but we're pretty much only on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, Instagram is all you need to be. You guys are also on Facebook. I tagged uh, Automatic Racing in some photos from Hammerfest today. Hopefully, you guys saw those. Um, our, our friend of the podcast, Sarah Walker, took a bunch. She lives up there. So, um, yeah. And and then yeah, you can choose Automatic Racing to be your beneficiary with USACrits.tv. Yep. Townsend, did you do that? I did. I actually... Bought a pass last year, and I don't know how to switch it. It was it was it was signed up to Hoggins Berman Supermint, but I'm gonna try and see if I can get it switched to Automatic Racing. Yeah, so that's and and you you got to carry your subscription over into this year, correct? Yeah, I don't I don't yes. know if they charged my credit card. They did not. So it's kind of fun if you had a subscription last year, you were grandfathered in, and you have a free one this year. Oh, um, so lucky you. Uh, next year. Next year, okay. we'll take you. Well, I'll have to figure <laughs> out a way to donate something to the team so I can make up for that. Well, Bodie, you missed it. Uh, Maybe some photos. While you were, uh, while you, before you got here, um, I announced on the air that uh, the AU Ride podcast is uh, sponsoring what? Uh, <laughs> automatic racing to the tune of uh, $500. These guys are going to be nice. leaving with some of our uh, podcast money. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> you, are, uh, you are helping the team. Well, that's great. You didn't even know it. <laughs> so, so Townsend, you're saying this is coming out of our salaries? Yeah. Is that, is that right? Well, anybody got anything else? I, I mean, what did, did you guys talk about 
the D one, what that means with with okay. All right, you talked about that. You talked about the jersey situation. Yep. Okay. You talked about why you want to start the team. No, I don't think so. I think that would be a good tell. Why did you guys? Yeah, like. I mean. All right, so I'll lead. Um, honestly, Tom should probably lead. But uh, on the way home, do you want to go? Sorry, Bo, you apparently you're in charge of editing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. It's what I do for a living. So it's what he gets for throwing in questions like that right at the end. <laughs> Just edit out everything I said. Um, first of all. Yeah, you. <laughs> All right. Um, so last year, at driving home from U.S. Nationals with Tom, um, you, I'm, I don't know if you all know how that went, but Justin Williams took home two titles. Uh, Tom won the what we've decided is the Omnium. It's the person who wins the Omnium points, but there is no Omnium, so we've called it the Omnium. Okay. Um, like eating. Nom nom nom. So uh, most racers who participate in U.S. Amateur Nationals, they do not do the time trial. Um, but it's a full weekend of racing, and that does take something out of you. And Tom's done well the past two years in the TT, as well as then keeping up the consistency with the road race and the crit. However, um, especially when it comes to road racing and crits, having a team is super helpful. So we sort of started talking about, like, where are barriers in getting onto teams? Why hasn't that happened? Maybe what are some issues that we've had with teams in the past? And eventually, just after a lot of chatting, we decided maybe we just start our own team. Um, that way, we can hand select riders based on personality first and then resume second. That way, you keep a really positive atmosphere. Um, there's a lot of cycling teams out there who have budgets and who have strong riders, but they don't really contribute to the atmosphere at races. They show up, they do the race, and they disappear. Uh, there isn't a fan connection. There isn't um, children connections and encouragements. So we just felt like there was a lot of things that we could add. Ideally, we have we have what we call our PNG budget, which is it's like a half a million dollars, and we would be ambassadors, and we're teaching people to save the environment and be wonderful. Um, but when we are doing our startup, excuse me, our startup budget, we've had to scale back so <laughs> a lot. So it's our personal budget. Um, but because of that, we're going to do what we can and try to show people that in the future, we really want to be present at these races beyond just a uh, criterion because we get the opportunity of going to dozens of different cities across the country. Not all of them are in the best shape. Not all of them know about cycling or have the opportunity to ride bikes. So we want to make we want to make our 36 hours in a city count and we want to bring cycling to more people and bring safety or bike safety to more people. What does that look like? You don't like what does that mean? Um, what that means is for us this year, uh, there are children's races at every single uh, major national race. Usually it's right before the women's event or it's between the women's and the men's event. So our racers are present at the race before the event. They're saying hi to kids. They're high-fiving them. They're just saying good job. Something that I think in a lot of other amateur and professional sports, you don't get the opportunity to interact with maybe the, the superstars or the people who are actually in uniform and kids kids love uniforms and they love being talked to by someone who's way bigger than them mm -hmm. on a bike so you could just make their day and maybe turn something that is what a child does just riding a bike into something that they continue throughout their life and it doesn't have to be racing it could just be for fitness but I think we could have an impact there sounds awesome yeah I mean to a four five six year old it doesn't matter that we're amateur bike racers 
if you have one of the marquee athletes coming up to them and talking talking to them and being positive towards them, I mean, you might as well be Michael Jordan. Like in their mind, they don't mm-hmm. really know the difference. And so you have an opportunity to really make a big impact in a kid's life just simply by being present and being positive and saying hi. Um, so there's all of that. That is our goal. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm only just now remembering what the original question was. Um, yeah. why we started a team. <laughs> so anyways, we, we just wanted to bring like the right attitude to cycling races. Um, so we started our own team, um, to, to help do that. It also just gives us an outlet to make these races what we want to make them. Um, which is, I think, important to us. We're, Tom's been racing for a long time. He's been on a variety of different teams. Um, and he's gotten to take different experiences from each of those and create a different team. Um, we are trying to run this way more like a business. We're being much more transparent with our racers than Tom's experienced in the past on teams. Um, we keep track of what they've won. We keep track of our budget and we clue them in on this. That way funds aren't disappearing. Uh, they don't feel abused. Um, we're covering things like travel and entry fees and food. Um, something that a lot of racers don't have the opportunity to get. In the future, my dream team would have full salaries and health benefits. That's something that unless you are a truly professional, professional team, you do not get. And it's hard to commit this much time and not have the funds to back it up. So we, we want to put the racers first. Um, so that's that's our long-term goal. Cool. Yeah, amazing. Awesome. Uh, well, I uh, unfortunately have to jet out of here in just a second. So I wanted to before I leave you guys keep talking if you want to I want to thank you for the scones first <laughs> off yeah those are you see you made those yeah these are delicious wow um, I want to make sure that you email me your PayPal or whatever that do you guys have a PayPal that I can get some get some money into yeah um, because I, I, I lied actually I'm not you're not leaving here with an actual paper check in your hand <laughs> I, I, we, we don't have we don't actually have any yeah you ride checks I'm ashamed to say we like PayPal better okay, so good. thank you so, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, it, send me send me the PayPal information so we can make that sponsorship happen, and um, we look forward to or I look forward to chatting with you guys again and, and following you in the races and and um, having more uh, having more time to talk about things down the road. Yeah, maybe I'll win one and then we can talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you have called it out that you're going to win everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing so great so far. <laughs> well, I was going to say that. You said you were going to win everything. You didn't specify it was you, you, you know, with the team and, 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 and Brick won. So you kind of are one for one. Yeah, I actually, yeah. I, I think the race that you specifically called out, Sunny you said King. Sonny King. You said, I'm going to win Sonny King. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's more, of a, more of an attitude. Every race we go to, we are going to win. And it's not we're going to win like 100%. We will be top step of the podium, but we are going there to that race to win that race and we are going there with a very specific plan and we are going there with a very specific attitude of how that's going to happen and we're going to win sunny king and we're going to win athens all right maybe we don't (laughs) (laughs) but we are going to win (laughs) yeah you got to start there right because if you start below that then you'll never get above that so yeah now Bodie, are you going to be up at sunny king yeah, I want to go. I want to hang out with automatic racing. I want to make some magic happen with the cameras and, you yes. know, tell some stories. And that's what I do as well. So, hey, I'm do you have a drone? It. No, I want to get one. Um, <laughs> it is in my wish list of equipment. But. I think it would be amazing if USA Crits did drone footage. That would be so yeah. cool. that would Because it's kind of, I mean, they do an amazing job. 
but it would be so cool to have fluid footage all the way around the course. That would be I know cool. that they've done that. Winston-Salem has a drone uh, in the live stream. I think the technology is not perfect yet, but it's, yeah, I mean, wow. it's coming. Did you guys talk about how terrible the live stream was at El Paso for the women's race and they somehow fixed it for the My phone thought we were in Mexico, so I think there was just a little bit of fringe there. Yeah, um, we didn't talk about it, but no, it was, I mean, we were were, um, pretty upset. It's amazing how it suddenly was perfect when the men's race started. Yeah. And yet beforehand, I don't know. Yeah, it was Lawrence switching. (laughs) Yeah, it was breaking up a lot during during the women's race, uh, which was a real shame, you know. Uh, But uh, yeah, but then I guess in the men's race, it was it was getting pretty dark, and uh, and it was uh, it was kind of hard to see in some of the corners what was going on and and who was there. But uh, you guys gonna have a bright new kit soon, right? So we'll be able to see you better. Bright orange. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So you gotta dress for the job you want, right? Yeah. USA Crits leaders are, leader jersey is orange. <laughs> Ours is orange. It's an aspirational jersey. Yeah. <laughs> we just like orange. All right. Well, I think we're uh, we're pretty much uh, we're going to let you guys go because you have a, a nice fun ride all the way down to Miami. Twelve more hours. Yay! Um, well, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for uh, bringing us uh, into your pad and making us uh, scones and uh, or scones as they're called where I'm from. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate uh, talking to you guys. Oh, yeah, I forgot to address that I just learned your nickname is Sarcherio. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is, uh, that is correct, yeah. That was actually Townsend's yeah. daughters that named me that. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally forgot about that until you said pad, Austin Powers. So please only uh, refer to <laughs> as Sarcherio from here on out. Yes. All right. Cheerio. Well, thanks very much, guys. All right. Thanks for Thank Hey folks, thanks for uh, giving this interview a listen, and we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please send us an email at yayuride at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at yayuride. If you like this episode, uh, go on to iTunes and leave us a rating and even a review, and please hit that subscribe button. Uh, so I think that wraps it up for us here. Uh, look forward to talking about Daronde uh, next week. Uh, have a good night, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> <laughs>